Now, I've got um, kind of like two messages for you this morning because I've been out. But I want to be careful that I'm not like a, uh, a porcupine. You know, they got so many points that people don't want to get close to them, you know. So, so I'm going to try to make this real simple. But I had something in my heart before we launch into this new series. And let me read to you something from Psalm 92, verse 12 and 13. It says, the righteous shall flourish. Say that word, flourish. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And I want you to know that that is, I feel my heart and my purpose for you is I want you to flourish. I want you to thrive. Hear this. We're not here to get anything from you. We are here to serve you and help you and feed you. And and you've got to know that the drive and the purpose of not just myself, but this whole ministry is that you would thrive, that you would grow, uh, that, that your life would be green and, and fruitful, so to speak, rather than languishing or uh, withering or fading away. And let me give you some other words that articulate flourish, happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, you know, that kind of thing. Well, the scripture gives us a real good important key to how you can flourish. And I'm not talking about just that you have a happy Sunday morning, but I'm talking about on Sunday and on Monday and on Tuesday, help me. And on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and so forth that, you know, there's good and God things going on in your life. Scripture gives us an important key here. And it is this, get this, that you be planted in the house of the Lord. Not just that, yeah, I like church or I attend church sometime or I believe what they believe. No, get planted in the house of the Lord. And I'm telling you what, God sees that and God honors that. And that's what he wants for you. It's what he prescribes in his word for you, that you get planted in the house of the Lord. Let me show you a couple ways to get planted. One of them is you're here. Don't forget that I'm constantly going to be pushing you to get alone with God. Get alone with God. Hey, if I've never got to tell you personally before, look me in the eye. Get alone with God. And solitude is full of God. And you need to get alone with God. The other thing you need to do is you need to be in settings of all together. That's what this is. All together. That we come together. And scripture tells us to do that. The other thing very important is you got to get together. You got to have relationships. Not just alone. Not just all together. But together. And so a number of things that we do. And we're being very intentional about this. Hear me. In 2013 we're very intentional about this. In church world so to speak. If we're not careful you can make church about event after event after event after event after event after event and you just wear yourself out and sometimes I'm wondering what the progress is on that. And we've felt prompted of the Lord and we've been very intentional about this that we're not going to be event driven this year. We have events. We ha- we still have events. We're going to have Meadowbrook Christmas Live. We've got other things that will, will be happening. But here's what we need to focus in on. We've got 104 big events this year for sure. Amen. That's Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah. Sunday ways that we make this all that it can be church days do in fact affect the rest of your days. Some other things that we're being very intentional about is growth track and our groups. And who is it that we want to get in growth track and groups? Everybody, everybody. And we've, we've got uh, 15, 1600 people already this year have gone through growth track. It happens every month, every Sunday, the beginning of every month, it starts over again. It's just four weeks. It's an hour, two o'clock on Sunday afternoons. We want everybody to get through it. That's one of the things we're helping you to see how to get planted in the house of the Lord. And the other thing is groups. And we're about to launch our summer semester, just six weeks long. 
Six weeks long of uh, groups for the summer. Uh, starts in just a couple of weeks. Now's the time to enroll in that. You can go online. You can go out to guest services. And there's all kinds of groups. I mean, every kind of group. And, and some of you may want to start a group. You need to get with Pastor Sean. Wave up and Pastor Sean. And uh, we want you to hop in that. We had an incredibly successful launch of our group's ministry at the beginning of the year. And this will be our, our summer semester. And that's another, <clears throat> excuse me, incredible way um, to get planted in the house of the Lord. And you know what? We're better together. Amen. And, and something happens because we have that God-given need. And forgive me for repeating this, but we have that God-given need. I have it, you have it. To know and to be known. To love and to be loved. To serve and to be served. And, and that can't happen alone. That, that can't happen fully in the all-together situation. But it can happen in the together, together situation. And a wonderful way to do that is through groups. So a big key, because we want you to thrive. We're intentional about all of this. We want you to thrive. And, and one of the main keys in Scripture so that you thrive in your life is that you get planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. Can I get a better amen on that? Amen. All right. All right. Let's dive right into this on the Good Shepherd this morning. And uh, let me read a couple of scriptures for you. Mark chapter, Mark chapter six. You, are you out there? Okay. Mark chapter six, verse 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. How many of you know that sheep need a shepherd? So he began to teach them many things. And then in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus is speaking and Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Who said that? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So sheep need a shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Who are the sheep? We are. are. Give me a good this morning. All right, good. All right, just so you'll know your part in all of this. So Jesus is not just a shepherd. He's the good shepherd. And he gives his life for his sheep. That's you. And... We find in scripture that God reveals himself, same way you do, God reveals himself by his names. And if you go through scripture, you're going to find that he's God and he's king and he's creator and he's judge and he's all these things. But Jesus' name of choice we find here in the gospel of John is good shepherd. So he's wanting to reveal something about himself that he is in fact a good shepherd. And we as sheep, we need a good shepherd. And I want to tell you that in our world, in the day that we live in, you don't have to look very far to see. It's, it's all crazy out there, folks. Yeah. I, I maybe you know it's crazy out there. You don't have to watch continuous news to find that out. I mean, you can just peek in on a little bit or just drive somewhere and you're going you're gonna to see that the world's getting a little more crazy. It's more uncertain. There's more, there's more fear. There's no more duplicity. There's more hopelessness that's out there. And so what we need to do, and part of the goal of this message is to remind ourselves and to be reassured of this, of God's, these two things, God's goodness and God's care. You need to know that God is good and you need to know that he cares and he cares for you and he wants to be good to you. So let's look here in the 23rd Psalm. It's very fitting to go along with this. And if you would, this is going to be on the screen. Would you read this with me? And let's read it like we know something here this morning. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that good stuff? That's good stuff. This has some well-known, beloved, rich psalm full of metaphors and imagery of a shepherd caring for his sheep. We see the shepherd comforting and guiding and providing and, and, and protecting. And it's a picture uh, that God wants us to see that he, as our good shepherd, what, what he wants to do for us. And we find that he's not only a shepherd, he's also a host. And his goodness towards us, his care towards us, and I love this part, is not just for this lifetime. It's also for the life hereafter. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And see, sometimes religion wants to split that all up and say, no, he's not good now. Uh, It's only in the hereafter. Well, thank God it's going to be in the hereafter. But I want you to know that it's here in the land of the living as well. And, And where do you need a shepherd? Right here, right now. Uh, You know, he's an exalted king forever in heaven. But right now, I need a shepherd. How about you? Well, when when David was a boy, he was a shepherd. But scholars don't think that David wrote this psalm when he was a boy. Um, There's too much that, yeah, he experienced a lot of God's faithfulness, but there's just too much... uh, that he writes about and expresses as he shows the shepherd caring for the sheep, that it's not just, here's how you be a shepherd. He's speaking from life experience. He's revealing some things that he's lived a life and he's watched the goodness of God. He's showing us that God not only cares, but God can be counted on. And I want, I want to get that across to you today, that God cares and God can be counted on. It is suggested and, and supposed that he may have written this in the wilderness of Mahanaim. And, and this was when he was in exile. He was on the run from his son. Think about this. His son betrayed him. His son rebelled against him. His son led a rebellion against his father and, and, and undermined him. And now David, the king, is on the run in fear of his life and everything's undone. And, and I want you to hear this. These were, had to be some of the darkest hours of his life. Stop right there for a moment. How many of you have ever had some dark hours in your life? Come on, I'm waiting on you. How many of you have ever had some dark hours in your life? And you know what? I don't want to get too personal up close, but yeah, I do. Some of you right now might be in some really, really dark hours. And David, David, in the middle of some of the darkest hours of his life, get this. He penned these words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He had to know something. He had to know something for that to be the case. He had to have some real life experience. Why would you say that? Why would you write that in the middle of some dark, dark times? Unless he really understood the Lord is my shepherd. And that meant something to him. Having been a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, when you first start to walk with the Lord. All you have to go on is his word. Hear what I'm saying? And I'm thankful for his word. 
And we never outgrow His Word. I believe in daily exposure to and intake of the Word of God. The Bible also tells us that that this is our daily bread. Uh, It also says this, that I require, I desire of necessity your word more than my necessary food. How many of y'all know me? I like my necessary food. Okay. But you know what? I need this more and you need this more and we need it every, every day of our life. But when you first start to walk with the Lord, all you have to go on are his promises. Okay. He said he would help. He's he said he would do this. He promised he would do that. But, but follow this. But after you've walked with the Lord for a while, you know what you have now? Experience. You've got memory. You've, you've got history with God. You've, you've got testimony. You've got knowledge. You, not just have his, you don't just have his promises. You, you know this works. Amen. You know, you, you know the beauty of it. You know the power of, of what his word is. And that's what David is, is speaking out of. And it has been said, and I want, I want you to want you to hear this, that your biography informs and shapes your theology. Let me expand that for a moment. Your biography, what is that? It's your life, your life story, what you're living. That informs and shapes your theology, what you believe and know about God. And you know what? In your life and in my life, what you and I have gone through, that's your life. That tells you something about God, too. Let me just ask, has God come through for anybody in this, in this building? Let me tell you something else, too, and this will simplify things for you. The problems and issues that you're going to have in life are uniquely yours, but they're also very, very common to man. And I think, honestly, there's only, there's only a limited range of category of the problems that you have had, are having, will ever have. There's just a certain types of problems. Relationship, health, finances, you know, uh, image, what, whatever it would be. You've, got, you've just got these certain kind of things. And you know what? I, I think if we went around this room, you would find that God has helped you before in all of those categories. Yeah. Has God ever has God ever helped you and think about it in any any area that you have? And you know what that should do for you? It should just fire you up to know that even in my dark hours, the Lord is my shepherd. Yes. Can I rephrase that? The Lord is my shepherd. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I'll make it. Amen. Amen. Now, let's look and, and I want to do a little comparative reading here of Psalm 23, verse one. And that's what we're going to pull from this morning here. Psalm 23, verse 1 in the New King James, it says this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. Now, let me, let me take you back because I just want to be real clear on this because we want to get the goods out of this verse. When I was a little kid, uh, we, we didn't go to church really. And a whole long story. But we lived about two blocks away from a big church that had a big steeple. And my mom would walk my brother and I out in the back and point to the steeple. And we were to go there. So my brother and I would go. So we went, and I don't know if that was to give mom a break or what. I don't know. And so we would go, and she'd watch us, you know, until we got a little ways, and we'd go. And I remember going to Sunday school class, and we had flannel graph. How many many of you remember flannel? I'm actually thinking about bringing it back. (laughs) Because I learned stories, Bible stories. I, I can still see them. And I can remember the teacher, her name was Miss Cogburn, 
And she was doing the flannel graph and telling us the story. And then she'd put, you know, Jesus up there and he's the shepherd. And if you were good, you got to come up and put like one of the sheep up. Well, I just watched. And, and uh, <laughs> so they put the sheep up and gave the shepherd his, his crook. And, and there's some rocks and some trees. And then, you know, a wolf waiting to eat the sheep and those, those kind of things. And then she says, children, the Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. Class, let's all say that together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I can remember my little kid's mind thinking, that didn't make any sense at all. That didn't make any sense at all because he seems like an awesome guy. He's helping the sheep. He's protecting the sheep. He's feeding the sheep. And you're saying, the Lord is my shepherd, but I don't want him. And so I want to clear this archaic language out of the way. Are you with me? Did y'all ever think that or am I only only guy like that? Okay. All right. It's like, that don't make any sense at all. So let's get that out of the way. I want to look at some other uh, comparative translations here for a moment. In the New Living Translation, it says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I like this. I have all that I need. In the New International Version, it says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And I love this one the best, the Living Bible. It says, because the Lord is my shepherd. Help me. Let's read that one again. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. That's incredible. This does not mean that you won't have needs. This does not mean that there won't be problems and and there won't be challenges. Hello? Hello? But it does mean that the Lord, my shepherd, will see to those needs and those problems and those challenges. And again, like I said before, there's, there's just a certain limited number of categories of types and problems and issues that we're going to have. But I want you to know, while we're on earth, Pastor Ed shared with you last week, we're not at heaven yet. You know, we're in between heaven and hell. And so we're going to have, while we're here, we're going to have some heaven and we're also going to have some what? We're going to have some hell. And let me add this in. As a believer, this is, this is the only hell you're ever going to have. But for an unbeliever, it's only heaven you're going to ever have unless you become a believer. So I encourage you, become a believer. Amen. So clearly there are needs. And even in the psalm that you would have to be comforted and guided and protected and led and restored So we do have those needs, but again, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Now, the ultimate purpose of scripture, lock in on on this with me. The ultimate purpose of scripture, I'm trying to get your attention. The ultimate purpose of scripture is application. The ultimate purpose of scripture is application. We've got to apply it to our life. It's not just some religious historic book and sometimes you can get it in cool leather and get your name on it and gold on the edges. It's got a ribbon. And if you get a really big one, you can put newspaper clippings, a picture of grandma's wedding, some flowers from the Holy Land, you know, extra band-aids. You know, you got them right there, you know. If that's the purpose of Scripture, then you're you're never going to thrive. You're never going to flourish. The ultimate purpose of Scripture is application. And so I want to tell you how I apply and how you should apply this one verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now get this. 
Here's what you need to do. Start your day and commit your day to the Lord as shepherd. Start your day and commit your day to the Lord as shepherd. Now notice what I said first. Start your day. Start your day. Don't do this after lunch. How many know by lunch you've already ticked somebody off? How many of you know by lunch you've already messed something up? Y'all here? How many of you know that even before lunch you've already got a bad attitude about at least three people? Come on. It's true. I'm waiting on you. And so don't wait till then because it's nothing to do with a shepherd. Now we need lasso and rodeo, okay? But start your day. Everybody say start your day. Start your day and then commit your day to the Lord as shepherd. And I would say to the Lord essentially this, Lord, I trust you to be my shepherd today and I will follow you. Because you know what? If you don't follow him, he can't be much of a shepherd to you. So I would say to the Lord, Lord, I, I trust you today to be my shepherd and I will follow you. And then you know what? Then you can meet everything that comes your way. You can meet anything that comes your way. Follow this. Knowing that he knows and he sees and he cares and he's with you and he can help you. The church lock on for this. Nothing comes your way that he doesn't know and see. Amen. Have you ever felt like he didn't see it though? David, who wrote this psalm, even in some other psalms, he says, Lord, are you listening? Lord, do you see me? Hello, over here, Lord, it's me. I wrote the thing about you shepherding me. And there were times where he felt like the Lord did not see him and did not hear him. But how many of you know that the Lord does see and he does hear? And David even repented in Psalms. He says, I'm, I'm sorry that I, that I said that you didn't hear. You heard me before I even spoke. And you need to know that nothing comes your way. Church, get this. Nothing comes your way that he does not see and that he does not know. Here's even the greater part of that. Nothing comes your way that he's not able to handle because he's a good shepherd. So what's the takeaway on all of that? It comes down to this. Let me express it to you this way. A sigh of relief. Some of y'all hadn't done that for a long time. Do that with me one time. Take, take in a big one here. When you know that the Lord is your shepherd, I'll be all right. Now, let me put this sigh into words, okay? Hang with me on this. Because the Lord's my shepherd, because I'll be all right, because he'll take care of me. Y'all still here? Don't miss this part. Then follow. I no longer have to manage the world. I no longer have to manage the weather. I no longer have to manage traffic. How many of you have lost your goods in traffic before? Okay. Because the Lord's my shepherd, I no longer have to manage the government. I wish somebody would, but I, but I don't. I don't have to. Let's keep going. 
because the Lord's my shepherd, I no longer have to manage prices. I've met some of y'all before in places and you're either living or dying, breathing or not, because gas inched up a couple cents or came back down. I'm not saying be careless in this. I'm not saying, but I am saying if you got the Lord as your shepherd, what, what are you going to do about it? I like to go to the grocery store. It's kind of therapy for me. And I just buy the regular stuff. Alicia buys the stuff for the real meals and stuff. But I, you know, I go and get stuff for breakfast and the predictable stuff. And I just like, I just like doing it. But lately, they think they're smart. And they'll take things and jack the price up just a little bit and then make the bottom of it concave where you're getting less. And they think we don't know. I know. I see this. Shake my hand at the security camera. No, listen. The Lord's my shepherd. I no longer have to manage prices. Let me go to another one. I no longer have to manage people. I don't know about you, but I, I see people all the time. Man, they need fixed. I could fix them. I need, I, we need to fix that. We need to fix that. i tell you what's wrong with you. You know what? The Lord's my shepherd. I no longer need to manage all those things. Here's what it really comes down to. There's someone bigger than me who looks out for me. And I'm going to follow him. That's your takeaway today. That there's someone bigger than you who looks out for you. And you should follow him. And as you follow him, let me just wind this up this morning. Then what you need that you think is missing, it'll be there. And you can rest. You need those green pastures, the rest of God's care. You'll get it. You will arrive at still waters. He will lead you. He will refresh and restore your soul. I know this about me and I know this about you. Sometimes my soul gets parched. And sometimes it gets damaged and sometimes it gets broken. But you know what? He restores and he refreshes. And when I'm unsure or when I'm confused or when I'm nearing danger, you know what? The Lord, my shepherd, he will guide me into right paths. And I will see his goodness and I'll see his care. And here's the best part. Here's the best part. And this is the bottom line of the whole gospel. And because the Lord's my shepherd, I'm never alone. And I'm never without help. Church, listen to me. The Lord is your shepherd. In the darkest hours of your day, the brightest things, you need to start your day and commit your day to the Lord as shepherd. Tell him, Lord, I trust you today to be my shepherd. And I'll follow you. And you're going to find that the Lord is someone much bigger than you. And he will watch over you. And all you need to do is follow him. And you can because he is a good shepherd. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today?